baby. It's another episode of Playing Dress Up, the podcast where we truly unravel how people get into the con scene and talk about how they continue to navigate it. We are continuing our community-based series with our next guest, who is all the way from Japan. Japan. And when I mean Japan, I mean they went from living in New Jersey to Boston, and now they've relocated to Japan. At a con, you can normally hear them from a mile away, whether they're screaming about slamming their ass or the love that they have for their friends. They are one of the co-founders of Cos Cafe NYC, which has held many successful cosplay cafes of various series. A multi-talented woman with many titles, dancer, singer, photographer, cosplayer, and of course, a co-founder of a cosplay cafe. Hunter x Hunter Stan, lover of Voltron and Tower of God. It's Tiffany of Jaiwen Cosplay, formerly known as Akiran Cosplay. Do I say hi now? <laughs> yes! Did I fuck it up? No! Oh. <laughs> Am I allowed to curse on this? Yes! You're t- oh, okay, great. We are not on a formerly syndicated <laughs> network. I do not care. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for the great intro. I was so I was so entranced that I didn't even know when to come in. I was like, oh, it's it's over. Oh shit. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> you were the first guest to be like, is this it now? Can we start? Are we starting? <laughs> yes. I'm ready. I'm totally ready. Oh. I'm very ready. Oh, I am fully ready for this ride. Now this, this <laughs> <is> on a <laughs> We're off to a great start. I wouldn't have it any other way with you. I would not. Great. <laughs> God, Tiffany, how are you, my dear? How is Japan? I'm great. I really miss everyone. Yes. You are the first person, as I said before, that I have seen and talked to to a, a longer extent in the past year. Yes. Um. So <laughs> I'm just really, really happy to be here and to be talking to you. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's why I was like, oh my god. I was like, we all have seen you live through Twitter, like your experiences <laughs> in Japan. We are all like on bated breath. Be like, look at Tiffany. She's by the pool again. She's visiting the lesbian bar. <laughs> she saw a cat today. This is good. I like this I for sure her. <laughs> I still miss everyone though. It's really nice here, but I'm probably gonna come back. <laughs> I know. I was like, I think that's like always like the fun part of like whenever I do see people go to Japan. It's like, it's usually like I don't know what it was for you, which we can fully like talk about. But like I always see people like go and like experience it, and some people decide to say, and then some people like within like three years or so be like, this was fun. Like I enjoyed this chapter of my life, but I also, like you said, miss a lot of like my friends, family, and I like want to come back like stateside. Yeah. I'm a little bit closer to the latter. I think when I came, I was the former. I was like, I don't really know where this will take me. So if something happens, it'll happen. But I think I just fall to, into like major FOMO all the time. Even though all of you are doing nothing but staying at home and I can Girl. still go outside, I still have major FOMO for like no particular reason. I, I mean, that's valid. It is literally the friends that you scream about act like full on debauchery at a con. <laughs> but that's why I was like, this is not the time to be leaving Japan. You have it good right now. Come back after. <laughs> like, where yeah. we can fully leave just our houses. Give, just give me some time. 
even if i come back now i can't see you guys exactly i was like you will be stuck in a house like i was like you can come visit me i have ample (laughs) space but once you're here you're here for 14 days i'm not going back yeah (laughs) 14 days quarantine girl it's a nightmare it is fun yeah i heard new jersey is pretty good though actually new jersey is doing solid i was like luckily we are not stupid it's like if you look at the map (laughs) If you look at the map, the inti- like they're like, because the thing is, New Jersey and New York has quarantine rules in effect where it's like, OK, uh-huh. we can trust these states. And it's pretty much everybody. Northeast, it's all northeast. Yeah. All baby. Everybody is green. Everybody's smart up here. And yeah. they said everybody south and to the west of us. Y'all stupid. Let's not do that <laughs> right you. now. Like, mm-mm, y'all can't wear masks properly. Y'all getting infected. I don't trust y'all. Y'all just, y'all the kids in the, like, playpen that play with the mud and eat glue. They're like, we don't want none of that near us. So what happens is, like, if you travel to those states and then, like, you come back, they're like, everybody 14-day quarantine in your house. And then you can come join us, the civilized people that know what's up and listen to science. And I'm just like, okay, you know, that's fair. Yeah, I saw a map of... Uh, I was showing my I was showing my Japanese colleagues. Ah! We were like, oh yeah, like the quarantine because they were asking how Corona was in the U.S. And I showed them this map, and basically I was like, oh yeah, all the red states are the ones that like are dangerous. So if you go there from any of the white states, you have to wait for a really long, you have to quarantine for a long time. And I showed them the map, and I pull it out, and basically all <laughs> of America is just all of the United States, excuse me, is like completely fucking red, and then just like the little like northeastern tip, basically from like. New New Jersey upwards is just white and I, they were like what's that and I was like those are the those are the people with some sense in this country ah, it's so true though it's yeah. so <laughs> wild I literally I remember the first time like I saw that graph I was like you have got to be shitting me nobody else <laughs> I know. has their, I thought like, so too nobody else has their shit together y'all just really said yeah. fuck me let's get the Rona like what yeah oh my god it blows my mind but but that's why like like everybody stateside is just like like especially a lot of my friends we're all like oh my god we want to be like every foreign country we want to go experience the bars <laughs> we want to go experience the clubs we would like to see the people we would like to know that there is life outside of Let my us tiny, interact. tiny something so simple and so like it's it's very fun to see like how you've been experiencing kind of like i guess the same era of life but a different Mm -hmm. quality of life yeah it's it's a little bit jarring actually to see what the u.s friends are up to when i'm here um not that not saying that japan is like very very safe but it is a little bit it's just 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 a little bit better you know than the the united states just a smidge like i think it's so fun because like, how has been, I, now that, like, you're fully in it, we can get a firsthand recount. It's, like, how was Japan, like, for example, when lockdown happened? Because I know, like, worldwide it was different, but, like, everybody else has, like, the same sentiment when it gets announced and sort of, like, how it's been since. Yeah. I mean, when it was, like, in that peak area, which is, like, what, April or mm-hmm. so? Well, I want to say it was, like, bad here, but... It- like, compared to the United States, it wasn't, like, bad at all. Right. Like, where I am right now, I'm near Sendai, which is in the Tohoku, so, like, north part of the main island of Japan. Yeah. So, I'm still in the main island as Tokyo, but I'm north of it. Um, we are kind of in the in the countryside, so we really only got, like, 100 cases total, and now yeah. we're close to 200 cases total. And that's for the whole prefecture, so, like, for the whole state, that's if you will. Crazy. 
Tokyo, on the other hand, uh, did not fare as well. Um, it, I think it had like a few thousand total. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it's doing a lot better. But there still was a point in time where, since I'm technically a government worker right now, uh, we had like our boss be like, can you not leave town for the the near future? <laughs> and so we had to like follow what they had to say. I actually was going to go down to Tokyo, which I know was like kind of a ridiculous um, choice to have made a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, and I decided not to do it. But I actually, I had my boss like come to me and he like sat me down. And he was like, we cannot stop you from going, but it would be better not to go. And then you pause and he was like, you know, my daughter said she wanted to go. And I said, it'd be better if you didn't. And eventually he like said it in 5 million different ways. Like he said, (laughs) he basically said like, I can't force you not to go, but I would prefer you didn't. And then eventually like, actually, you should ask your parents about what they think. And I was like, I'm a... I'm not a minor. <laughs> I'm right. I've lived by myself for like 6 years essentially. I'm in a foreign country by myself and you were asking me to ask my parents for permission to travel who are not even in this country. Yes. Um yeah, but there was I think most of Japan is a little bit better. They're basically just like for the sake of everyone else we will kind of stay home and obviously everyone's wearing masks cuz that's mm-hmm. that's like basically most of Asia. Yeah. So I think I think we fared well in that aspect. Um, but there were some people in Tokyo when the second like wave kind of came in Tokyo. Um, they basically had to put out a bunch of news articles that were like, please stop going clubbing. <laughs> Do not go clubbing. You will catch coronavirus from grinding against other people. We will have to close the clubs down. Stop going clubbing. And that was like the announcement. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> people couldn't stop going clubbing in Shibuya. So there were a lot of clusters in like nightclubs and like. I think hostess establishments maybe too. Yeah. Because I was yeah. like, that's where you go party. I miss fucking Shibuya. Yeah. I miss fucking going bar hopping like left and right. To, like, these yeah, your spots. adventures in Japan were like so wild <sighs> to me. Like nothing I could even imagine. <laughs> I love them. And I, I live here. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was like, for yeah. those who have never been to Japan, please go. And it's like, if you do want to go drink, like Shibuya is your district. Like go to town. Yeah. Like, there's everything that's open. It's stupid. It's, like, 24 hours, essentially, versus, like, every other district where I feel like most is, like, okay, well, the trains are stopping, but, you know, like, there's maybe, like, that, like, one um, izakaya that's, like, will be open until 5 a.m. Be, like, hey, you can eat, drink here, and pass out if you want until the trains run again. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, you go to Denny's, which is way better here (laughs) than it is in the States. Um, But that's also because I'm not a big fan of breakfast food anyways. Valid. Or like sticky, sticky seats and tables and menus. That's not really my thing. I don't think it's anyone's thing. (laughs) No, but like, I I think my favorite thing is like when I was in uh, Tokyo, the like i've always seen like the shibuya meltdown twitter which i think is like the oh i follow that twitter i just i saw some posts today about some dude like with the shoes on like lying like completely like on the train seat sleeping girl so like passed out on the floor like everything yeah so it's like i remember seeing the shibuya meltdown and i was just like no that doesn't actually (laughs) happen i don't know about that and then i went and then I realized <laughs> this does happen. And oh yeah. Like a lot of it is attributed to like the culture of like how Japan works because it's like for example like I'm in like the New York City area so I'm very used to bars not closing till like 
4 a.m. And mm-hmm. like most right. of my trains are running 24 right. seven. And like mm-hmm. the one rare chance, like for example, like New Jersey transit usually is back up and running around like five or 6 a.m. Yeah, so it's like, it is. Uh-huh. you can get a train, like you can go yeah. home at any time. And then exactly. the difference in Japan is that like all the trains, like good old Miss Cinderella at the strike <laughs> of midnight, baby, no trains, no I hope trains. You like being stranded. <laughs> you like, and most people like travel in and out of Tokyo. So it's like my favorite thing to watch was that there's always like this rush, like an oh. A- <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> the the hour before midnight, the the hour before the strikes clocks twelve, and Cinderella loses her glass slipper, and the carriage becomes a pumpkin once again. <laughs> people are slamming drinks down as fast as they humanly can, and they are full on running, running. Everyone becomes a gold medal Olympic athlete in those like three moments they need to catch and run into the train right before those doors close. Girl, it is insane. I was like, luckily I was like staying in Tokyo. So I was like, worst case scenario, <laughs> like, I could like walk over to like Roppongi or like wherever I was staying. It was, I used to stay in like Roppongi or Ueno. And so like I could just uh-huh. walk over if it was that bad. I was like, yeah, it's exactly. cute. But like these people yeah. are like, usually farther out so they're like we need to go now (laughs) and if you were to walk to this next prefecture over you'd be there in two days exactly like it wasn't happening and so most people if you let's say you do miss your train like the culture is like okay so the izakaya is just going to be open until like the trains run again so you can stay there drink have your fill or like the shibuya meltdown twitter randomly pass out (laughs) <laughs> in Just public in places various areas of the street <laughs> my my favorite story i don't think i've told a lot of my friends this so when it was when we were there in shibuya during halloween which mm-hmm. we hilariously now like shibuya halloween is now an entirely different thing like we were the last full year that they allowed the pure chaos to reign in a sense and now like and what a time um i I would only do that once i would probably never do it again but so obviously halloween's going to be a much more rowdier night than your usual nights but my favorite thing that i will never forget was that it was like a bunch of us were like coming up this hill to go to another bar that was like away from it because we were like in the middle of everything and it was just too rowdy uh-huh. too much is going on and i looked at like thomas who was with me and my friend Bo, and i was like i mentally i'm being overly stimulated and normally that's okay <laughs> with me at a con but like we're in a foreign country that's also Anywho. fine but mm-hmm. i would like to observe this and not be in the midst of this so can we go to a bar right. that is like outside of the action but we can still like go and thomas was like okay so like we had our other friend with us who was more native in japan like she's lived there for a few years so we found this cute little Mm -hmm. bar on the outside but once we were going up this hill this dude stumbled out of a bar and like he's coming down the incline and then for whatever reason like i i didn't know what was going through his head he just takes off his shoes and then lays down on the sidewalk (laughs) and i was just like what is happening what is happening and like he was very committed to make this his bed and so bo who is with us luckily speaks some japanese and so like bo is like what is happening and so he runs up 
<laughs> this little Japanese man is like, dude, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and he's like, you shouldn't sleep here. You should go somewhere else. He's like, oh, it's okay, just leave me here. It's fine. And I was I'm like, relaxed. what is going on? And I was like, mm, okay. And so like, but oh like, he was in like the middle of like this like tiny street. So like, can you at least go to the side? And so like, so yeah, like, I know. slug him over the shoulder. <laughs> he was just moved him over the side, laid him down. You put him in the shoulder. And then he was like, all right, this is where you sleep, I guess. <laughs> just moved he's, on. He's he's made his own bed and he will lie in it. Insane. I That's mean, what he's decided. It's so fun. I was like, yeah. should we really be like that? Like, I wouldn't change yeah. it for the world. <laughs> big drink. Big drink. Take a big drink. Take a big drink. I was like, I miss my good old mega highballs. Like, biru. Oh, my God. Strong zeros. God. What a 9%. country. What Huge. a country. <laughs> I, strong zeros. I have never met a drink that could slap me in my face <laughs> at only 9%. <laughs> I have never met a drink. And I, I don't know. So it's like for those who have never had a strong zero, it is pretty much Japan's equivalent of a four loco. But like with oh, yeah, good point. a lot of bullshit cut out. Like they're like, this is what you get. It is just pure liquor. There's not really a lot of sugar. So it's like very carb friendly. And yeah. it's flavorful. It's tasty. <laughs> and that's the problem is that like most of this is just like pure liquor and like a bit of flavoring. And the flavors, girl, they are tasty. They are wonderful. <laughs> Muscat grape. Like they have seasonal flavors. Like yeah. lemon. It's They love the seasonal. Oh, my God. It's lovely. <laughs> but the thing is, I would drink. And it's, like, bad because Japan, the way that you can drink there is, like, it's an open can country. So, meaning that you can mm-hmm. drink these outside in public. No big deal. Right. And a lot mm-hmm. of the culture is, like, you don't move around and drink. So, you stand usually right. at your, like, local convenience or convenience store. And you drink right there on the spot. And just you just it. But they're not going to, mm-hmm. like, harass you. Be like, oh, you're drinking, like, sake in the middle of the day. They're like, huh? This is just living life. Just let them do it. <laughs> like, whatever. And so, I, I remember, I'll never forget, I drank maybe two strong zeros because i was like nine percent no big deal your boy yeah. drinks oh, like no. two Joe. long islands and Joe. like i'm okay and Joe. i think an, a long islands abv is usually around like 20 percent like uh-huh. per the volume and then like a strong zero is like nine percent so i was like whatever this uh-huh. is fine uh-huh. let me tell you when it hit it hit and i was like what's going on <laughs> Joe, Joe. <laughs> it was bad it's bad <laughs> I know, I can just imagine it. Oh my god. But the kombini must have been like your your heaven in terms oh. of like alcohol choices. My god. What a lovely, lovely time. Like it's heaven for jungle juice Joe. It was so good. <laughs> I was and like the worst part about it is that like if you've never been to Japan, you can easily fall into this trap where you will only eat at the kombini. It is very oh, yeah. It's stupid simple to do. Like, you could forget. People really fall for that. This country has some of the greatest delicacies known to man. Yeah. Do not recommend, but people will definitely do it. And, like, you can (laughs) straight up just be like, nah, I'm just going to get the onigiri. I'm going to get the set. I'm going to get my little vitamin pouch. And I'm going to get my coffee. And then we're just going to go. And then occasionally with my, like, um, famichiki, the one in the front. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. 
the family mart chicken yeah once you learn how to like order that game over i learned that how to order it in like my first four days and i was just like wow and then you became n5 n4 japanese you're practically you could live you could live there you could live there that's all you need no it was bad because some people really thought i knew like my stuff because i would walk into like i remember when i bought my ava jacket which is it was like in a boutique shop in harajuku and like i knew how to say like oh i that one and do you guys take credit card and uh... they were like I so I would say those phrases and they'd be like, "Oh, he knows Japanese. This is fun." And they'd go in full on conversation and I just like, uh -oh. stare at them and be like, "Uh, ego dake," which means just English only. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, right. like at its bare basic don't, minimum. Don't do this to me. Please. <laughs> and they're like, "Huh? Oh. Uh, mm. We try English now." And I'm just like, "I I try to make this easy for everybody and I screwed up." <laughs> don't talk to me, please. Please. It, it's so jarring, but I definitely miss it. I forgot. Like, we would always go to um, Torikizoku, which is, like, this, like, chain of, like, izakayas. Oh. Is it, like, yakitori? Like, mm -hmm. chicken on a stick? Yeah. so good. Everything, it's stupid cheap. I think everything is only, like, 300 yen. Like, everything on the menu. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that is where I I think, uh, you know, if we had, like, Japanese, this is a very, like, narrowed line of thinking i had just thought of this but if we had like japanese convenience stores like a 7-eleven a family mart near like an anime convention girl like weebs would actually eat you girl. know what i mean yes like yes. we wouldn't have to bring like people bring like slow cookers to anime cons in mm -hmm. their rooms like all you have to do is buy a sandwich get an onigiri and honestly they're decently nutritious for people that don't eat anything at all or just eat like crackers all day like it's way better than that it's stupid how nutritious half the half the yeah. things at a konbini can be yeah like you can literally hit every like macro every like nutrient like you can buy a yeah. multivitamin pouch in like a form of a jelly and that's yeah, like you get a salad in a bag Girl, I wish, I wish. But instead, what do we have? We have the most bastardized version of, like, 7-Elevens, where you can buy taquitos and, like, hot dogs and, like, yeah. pizza that's slowly Slurpee. rotating. And a Slurpee. Yeah. <laughs> a big gulp, if you will. And yeah. I'm just like, what? We live like this? And then you Welcome look at Japan, the and they're States. like, we got a whole family, like, meal that you can buy for the low, low price of $5. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> something wrong <laughs> we're doing the worst at this and like i i miss convenient culture so much but i remember i almost didn't try everything like because we would peruse like izakayas and then i realized that like you can go to certain like shopping centers and there'd be like a food court and like try oh, different yeah, yeah. foods and so mm -hmm. i was like welcome to other cuisines during my stay that weren't just pure <laughs> on pre-packaged ready to go and yeah you should probably. That's a good thing. Yeah. Good yeah. thing to experience Japanese food aside from konbini. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the funniest part about me going to Japan is during my entire stay, never had a lick of sushi. Really? Never. Oh, my God. Really? I, <laughs> I uh, oh, my God. You didn't even go to, like, Tsukiji Fish Market or, like. No. No. So we no. wanted to do Tsukiji, but you have to go early for, like, the best experience. No, you don't. Well, no. Well, well it's like, like so it's like not so crowded and like yeah. feel it out, but like that's the only reason why we wanted to go early. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it seems like you guys are out pretty partying pretty hard oh. into the night anyways. So waking up early sounds like a difficult task. Yeah. <laughs> I had um what is it? Uh 
I had some friends. Uh, I had some friends. Am I allowed to name them? Cindy and yeah, uh, yeah. It was Cindy and uh, Ria, mm-hmm. and they came to Tokyo. And then I actually went to see them. Actually, oh my god, that was the last. That was the last time I ever had interaction with like any Girl. any cos friend. I was like <laughs> so fucking like hyped. I was like, oh my god, like friends, right? <laughs> yeah. And I actually took them to have sushi, and we just randomly met some other person mm-hmm. um, in the Asakusa Shrine. Oh. And they were they were also I think they were American maybe, and they were actually working in China, and they had come just for a trip. And Rhea and Cindy made really good friends with this girl. And they were just like, hey, like, join us for dinner. We have reservations for sushi. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, let's just increase it by one person. And we just like, with this like newly found friend that that day, we went to have sushi. But it was really fucking good. Um, where I am, the sushi is like the best. Well, anyone could probably say that. But we have yeah. really, really fresh sushi because we're, we're literally a town on the beach from Kingdom Hearts, essentially. <laughs> um, but... Wow, I can't believe you didn't have sushi when you were in Japan. Girl, I had the works. I had everything. I had, I forget what it's called, but it's the raw chicken um, sashimi. I had the horse oh, sashimi. I haven't had that. I, I haven't had that either. Girl, I had the works. Wait, I had... isn't that then? You technically had then. You had like sashimi. In a sense. Even a though sense. it wasn't fish. Right. Right. So I guess, yes. Had, I guess yeah. in a sense we hit the category, but it yes, wasn't anything pescatarian. It was no fish in sight. <laughs> <laughs> but like I had every other little like cuisine. Like I I just never touched it. And I, I thought about it in hindsight after the trip. Like I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs> of you all were like things. on the plane and you like turned to Thomas and you're like, did we have sushi? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> no, we didn't. Like, I ate fish during my stay. It just wasn't in mm-hmm. the capacity in sushi. And I just, like, think that was, like, so funny. Because, like, I walked away from that trip with an undying love and passion for, like, chicken nanba, but I didn't have a lick of sushi. <laughs> you're a meat man, you know. You're Absolutely. Just, you're a meat man. That's just how it is. It's very hard when, like, a good majority of the trip is just straight up in, like, just uh, yakitori izakaya, and everything is literally <laughs> under $3 on the menu, and you're like, this is where I die. Like, <laughs> and and you'd be happy with that. Fully, fully. <laughs> oh, I do miss it. But you know what we're not going to miss? What? Is that we have to take a break! <laughs> So, uh, we love to hear everything about Japan. All of us are a little bit of weebs in this house. We know it. Don't be ashamed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we all here together as family. Uh-huh. But, Tiffany, we must get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Okay. I am ready. So, Miss Thang, we must know, how did mm-hmm. you get into cosplay? I think... This was quite a while ago. I was in high school, and I think I was i was either in ninth grade or eighth grade, actually. I don't quite remember. But um, my friend originally had lent me manga, and I was like, wow, this is the greatest thing on earth. Like, I've never, I've never read something that's so eloquent and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really into it. 
I think I'm like a pretty passionate person. Like I get really obsessed with something for a little bit and then I'm like really, really obsessed with it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and manga and anime as like a topic was, I- I'm still obsessed with it. So I guess it's been a very long time. Yes. Um, and the friend that had lent me the manga, I was like, there has to be like a place. There has to be something we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, that's bigger than than me getting your manga confiscated in my math class because I was reading it ah! um, in the middle of doing arithmetic. Um, and I think maybe I'd use the internet or something, but I found um, this this con mm-hmm. called Manga Next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For anyone maybe who doesn't know about it, Anime Next used to have a con called Manga Next. Yes. Um, and I was like, wow, like an anime convention? Like this is the best thing ever. And then I was like, oh, we have to like cosplay. Like we can't just go to an anime con like bare face, nothing. We have to like, we have to, we have to put on a costume. We have to cosplay something that we really, really like. And I basically had forced slash dragged my friend. Mm-hmm into like cosplaying with me and we had like brought other people but we were pretty much the only ones that were really really interested in anime or manga right um and then honestly when i when i look back on it it wasn't actually that fun of an experience (laughs) Um, i remember i think i oh i cosplayed my very first cosplay was vampire night um i cosplayed rena um, I recently rehashed that with Nico, actually, right. who was my shiki, and that was actually way better, obviously, than the very first iteration where I had, on eBay, bought, like, a white jacket and a tennis skirt, um, and then I got black duct tape, and I cut it into strips, and I taped it onto the the, the jacket in order to get, like, the uniform style, mm-hmm. um, and then... Uh, little old me, overachiever, decides to go to the cosplay contest. Girl. And I, like, <laughs> I like walked in. I was like, I don't know, 15. I was probably, no, I was like 14, 13 or 14 maybe. So this is forgivable. Yeah. And I like walked in. And of course, I'm young. So I'm sure the judges were just like, oh, this is really cute. And they were very encouraging when I think about it. Um, and they were like, well, how did you make your cosplay? <laughs> I was like, well, I, I I bought this jacket of of eBay, and then I I took I took this duct tape, and then I like I like cut it into strips, and I taped it on this. I like had very little to say because obviously I didn't really do much. And I was like, oh, and my friend who's here right next to me, I had a friend who helped me style the wig. Yeah, and she like greased my hair. She like put so much <laughs> fucking um like hair gel or something into it because yeah. she was like if you don't put this like the wig cap won't stay on like etc like she she claimed to be really really good at like like hair because she dyed her own hair and stuff she was like a really cool person yeah she wanted like tattoos she had a tongue piercing and this was like in early high school slash middle school so obviously really cool person mm-hmm. and so she had basically like hardened my hair with a shit ton of grease um <laughs> put like a wig cap on it and then put this like shitty and like obviously back then um, you bought your wigs from like eBay and they yes. technically were coming from China and they were all using that same image of that one Asian girl yes. um, who's like looking up into the camera and the camera's like above her and it's like all the same image so you don't actually know what you're getting. And I had bought like a good like 150, 100 centimeter wig and she had to like lob most of it off and then put it on my head. God. It was really bad, really terrible quality, shedding everywhere. Um, and I was like, yeah, my friend here like like made my wig for me. Like it's, it's really great. And these these poor judges were just like 
oh like is that so like uh, it's really creative uh that you that you decided to use um duct tape on your on your husband and i was like oh my god like thank you like, ah! i was like so honored i was like wow like these people are talking to me and then and then they're like okay well we'll we'll let you know like if if, <laughs> if like you win or something and I was like, okay, great. Like, thank you so much. And then I and then I left. I was the only one that chose to enter the uh, cosplay competition out of all my friends who were cosplaying. Oh, I figured. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we had gone to Manga Next twice. But after that, for some reason, I think I was I was just trying to have a good time. But I didn't have that many friends who really enjoyed it that much. Mm-hmm. And I was also like very young, so stranger danger probably best not to talk to people that you don't know at a con. Right. Um. So. I don't know why I kept at it, but I I think I was just addicted to, like, the cosplay portion. Like, I think I just read so much on, like, cosplay.com and stuff about all these people and, like, looking at all these really cool images of, like, cosplayers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, wow, like, amazing. Like, I'm going to become – and, yes, at some point in time, I think in high school, I was, like, telling people, like, I'm going to become a professional cosplayer. Ah! <laughs> like, no one's going to fucking stop me. I'm going to make a cure and I'm going to, like, yes! do all these, like, very cool things. I'm going to style my own wigs. I'm going to do my own makeup which was like at that point in time like makeup that i stole from my mom's like drawer in the second cabinet that i didn't tell her that i was using um yeah but for some reason i think i was really into just dressing up um as like something i was super super passionate about um and and trying to chase like something something that i i wanted to have that i didn't i didn't really have that experience but i was constantly trying to have it Mm -hmm. um and like looking on the internet and being like wow i want to have experience like this or i want to look like this and obviously falling a little bit short but uh yeah it was kind of an addiction like it really didn't stop that is so cute i can imagine little baby tiffany all the confidence (laughs) in the world saying i am the one with my duct tape blazer (laughs) and being like the people must know the people must know and walking duct tape (laughs) walking into this room where at least 95% of the people have made their entire costume from scratch, especially back in the day, and be like, this little one, she's got a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I, my parents actually moved to Florida recently, yeah. and we were going through all of my stuff, and they were like, you don't have a lot of, like, boxes of anything of personal belongings but you have a you have a shit ton of cosplay like you need to throw some of this out so we cannot like i don't even know where we're gonna put this like in the end i think i had like 16 huge storage containers and like 12 of them were cosplay related things um because i just don't throw things out so we were going through them and i saw that cosplay Ah! Uh, i was like what is that and my parents were well i don't know like it's some like white jacket and then she like my mom like reaches a little bit she's like i think there's tape on it and i was like oh my god (laughs) I was like, oh no. I was like, just, just, it's fine. You can uh, just like take off the tape, like donate it, give it to some other girl who will, who will probably have better use of that than I will. Just put it, goodwill it, goodwill it, please. I don't want to see it ever again. (laughs) But I, I think what's like really cute about that first experience, it's like, yes, like luckily the way that the community is built up, it's like there's a lot of positive encouragement and you want people to Mm -hmm. definitely like succeed in this hobby, whether they Mm -hmm. might not be doing it the best aesthetically, you know, like you walking into a full-on cosplay contest where 
normally things are usually made by hands and you're like uh-huh. i bought this on ebay i put tape on it and they're like mm, that's not exactly right of like the qualification <laughs> answer but we'll allow it for now and so i know like they could have torn you apart and been like um you yeah don't, you shouldn't be here but like luckily they were just like oh that's very cute very encouraging and i'm mm-hmm. sure that's what helped be like oh like i can keep cosplaying you know like these like judges are saying very encouraging words to the point right. where you were like oh let's keep doing this let's go on cosplay.com let's exactly. be that professional cosplayer you know the big hopes and dreams and it's like lovely to see that that's still like occurring like you're still cosplaying even in japan yeah now. exactly like, yeah and it's like i think it's a great i'm i'm sure they had encouraged me like looking back on it um because people were just really nice like no one would ever fucking tear you apart and be like duct tape like how dare you like they were just like wow that's like really creative like i i love the use and i don't know if they i'm sure they i'm sure they didn't but like i don't know if they like made fun of me later but like of course like to my face they were like really encouraging um to this like 13 year old me and i was like wow i'm like the shit (laughs) it's like wow i'm the shit like Mm -hmm. this is great like i'm gonna keep doing it because like i'm apparently really good at this but um obviously i wasn't but they were it was just nice, you know? People were really friendly. No one was ever going to judge you. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was not that I ever had a negative experience at a con. Like, everyone people-wise were really nice. If I ever asked to take a picture or something when I was really little, they were just like, yeah, of course. And I'd be like, I really like, like, this series or, like, you're really, really cool. And they're like, thank you. And then we would just be on our merry way. <laughs> yeah. It was really nice, actually. And it's, like, definitely, like, the, especially, like, back in the day, like, the community definitely prided itself on creativity. So it's, like, yeah. whether you didn't have the sewing means, you didn't know about bias tape, you know, you didn't know yeah. you can, like, heat and bond the fabric. The fact that you used duct tape, you know, you were, like, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. about a different way. It was accessible within my means. And I said, yeah. hell, it looks good for me. And it yeah. looks good for the mm-hmm. character in my eyes. And I'm proud to wear this. Yeah, exactly. In fact, a, um, I think someone I had met at that con, I just took a picture with her and I'd asked her, like, did you make your cosplay, like, from scratch? Yeah. And I think it was a lot harder to get, like, completely pre-made cosplays back yes. then, too. And she was, I think it was, like, a Rin from, from Aono Exorcist. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, like, did you make that? Because it was the school uniform. And I also was wearing a school uniform, so I was really interested. And she was like, oh, no, I, like, yeah, I made it, like, by hand. And I was like, yes. this is something, like you can do and when i had come back from the con i like i like slammed over the door i was like mom do we have a sewing machine ah! and she was like uh yeah uh your grandpa like left one before he went back to china you can use it if you want and she was like but and i was like say no more yeah i will make my own cosplays from now on i'm gonna fucking like i'm gonna be like that really cool person i saw on the internet that person i met at the con i'm gonna get fabric and like make a cosplay so yeah, I guess it really was it really is an inspiration too. Yeah. Inspiration. Totally. And like I, I think what's always fun to think about is like how cosplay just really spurred this entire generation of like younger sewers. Cause it's like growing mm-hmm. up, we were like always conditioned to be like, oh, it's like an older like hobby. Like, mm-hmm. for example, right. on like the Latinx side, you always hear about your abuelita having like the little tin of cookies and you open it and it's sewing supplies. Oh, yeah. We it's fully realized cookies. this was not just the Latinx experience, it was a uh-huh. whole like across the world. Everybody yeah. used these little tins. And Everyone wants the metal tins. 
and and like it it was grew so much to a fact that even sewing companies were taking notice and like for example mm-hmm. like singer brother genome like they all have like yeah. honed in on having direct marketing campaigns whether they're funding certain cosplay contests and giving away sewing machines that they're mm-hmm. like cosplayers are the ones they're the ones yeah. funding us outside of like the older generation who want to make little handmade like things as well as like fashion designers and people in that industry but like yeah. hobbyists mm-hmm. like cosplayers for example need these to like as a tool to create their looks and i they just honed in on that so fast yeah. it's like insane it served like a new level of hobbyists and i feel like it also I don't think I don't guess I wouldn't say that we like single handedly per se, but we definitely yeah. helped like revive and renew like the sort of like sewing culture as a whole. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Like people in Joanne's, probably cosplayers. Oh my god, yes, the yeah. amount of times I've walked in and like so ashamed to talk about it and be like, Hey, this looks like it could be used for blah 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 and you're just like it is being used for that. It's yeah. like, huh? Well, I'm also a cosplayer. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> and then you're like, what's your Twitter? <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. It's very, very quick to make friends at a yeah. good old Joanne's at the cutting table for sure. Yeah. We're like grandmas, but not grandmas. Oh my God. I have the grandma soul in me. Let me tell you, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you're ready to retire. I've been ready. I'm also ready to retire, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, Tiffany, so what's very interesting is like sort of like hearing you sort of like grow up and into this hobby and then like obviously we all have ambitions to be professional cosplayers sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does for some people um (laughs) but i think what's very interesting is sort of to hear how you became sort of like a figurehead in your own little community and sort of like as a Mm -hmm. co-founder of cost cafe in and of itself so i'm wondering how that progression even happened and like how the opportunity even like came up uh, with your other yeah. co-founder that is that is a really good question i really hope um i really hope if you have co on this podcast later that uh whatever i say and whatever she says matches up because we'll I, maybe i will say something wrong um but when i was growing i guess growing up in the cosplay scene you would say yeah um the one friend that i had that cosplayed consistently with me that i went to school with um we usually didn't cosplay the same series so yeah. Um, and I was, I think I was always a little bit more like obsessed with it. I would say I was like always obsessed with just having this like con experience that I always saw on the internet or on Google images and stuff like that. Um, so I think I was always chasing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but growing up, even going into college, um, I obviously had like a really close circle of friends that were not anime related or just like, yeah, friends from high school, friends from college. And when I was in college, I was like, I'm going to have friends that like anime and cosplay. Um, that didn't happen. I said I played League of Legends, and that solid <laughs> solidified my friend group for literally four years of college. I sw- I kid you not. I said I played League of Legends one time, um, and I, I fucked over. I, I didn't fuck over my whole life. I'm sorry to any. I don't think any of my college friends are listening to this, but if they are, you didn't fuck up my life. Um, but I really, there were no cosplayers in my college. Honestly, right. I, I don't really think they existed to begin with. So it was, it was a moot point. Um, but then I was more desperate to like make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't think I'm not that interesting of a person in terms of like if I just meet somebody that's a stranger. Yeah. I find it pretty hard to like even if we like the same series, I find it pretty hard to like have a decent conversation with people. Right. Um, so I really never made true friends at a convention. Um, I would always generally stick with the people that I came with, which were usually like high school friends of mine. Um, and none of them 
going into college slash late high school, I think none of them were actually cosplayers. Um, one was an artist, um, and then others were just sort of there for the ride and also liked anime. Right. Um, shout out to Mid. I love you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really, <laughs> really wanted, like, cosplayer friends. Right. Um, and then I think Homestuck came along. Homestuck came along. Um, and... There was a there was a prom. Yes, there and, was. And you know it. Mm-hmm. I know I know you know it because you were a staff in that prom. Ah! And there was a few of them. Um, and I I only got to go to one. And I only got to go to one for one hour in the beginning because yeah. I had like an honors orchestra concert that I had to I had to participate in. So I had to leave early. Yeah. Um the wor- the worst disappointment of my life. But I was just like, you can like do things like this. Like you can have like like cool like group organizations i actually messaged i was still in high school then yeah i messaged one of the organizers i don't remember her tumblr anymore but i literally was like hi like could you run me through how you made this event i i would really like to like get some tips or something i don't remember if she ever responded yeah um but i didn't really get that much information out of that um and then and then haiku came along yeah and i was in college and so one i was no longer a minor so venues had to rent to me because i don't think any venue in new york city was gonna look at a 16 year old and be like yeah we will we will rent our whole entire space to her mm-hmm. and i was really into haiku and i found out about that haiku cafe that was in california yes um and i think you know where i'm going with this but um i found the co-organizers i went on to that cosplay thing and i messaged them and i was like i am really interested in holding a cosplay cafe i'm from like new jersey technically and i i i could do something and this was in the summer of i think 20 15 i can be fact checked on this later um i remember i think i finished my freshman year of college um Mm -hmm. and i messaged that tumblr and ko was the one that responded and she was like actually um i am moving to new jersey because i was in college um up in california um and if you want um i could help you out and the way I, uh, I think Koa told me this, like, the way I interpreted this was like, I will help you co-host this cafe. But apparently, I think I remember what Koa said was like, she just wanted to like give me tips and she just like <laughs> roped her into like doing this thing with me. Um, and But I was just like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for your help. Like, I would really love to know stuff about it. And so we had taken elements from her cafe in terms of like the rotations, what really worked for her. And I had bounced out a lot of ideas that I had had for it. And she had basically given me like the logical version, like this can't do, like this we can. And then we introduced the concept of artists and later like baking staff as well. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was able to, like, we were able to, like, organize, like, the very first cafe. And I guess I had realized then, I underestimated, like, how many people would find out about this kind of thing, too. Right. Um, and then suddenly all these people were, like, auditioning for staff and stuff like that. I posted about this on Twitter earlier. Basically, these a lot of these people were actually people I had met at Anime Next mm-hmm. um, at the Haikyuu photo shoot. And I basically had probably exchanged only like five words with them. I met like Dan. I met Nico. I have a selfie with Nico. Um, I met Sam, I think, too. Yes. Um, I met like 
loads of people. I even remember they were playing a volleyball game and mm-hmm. I was cosplaying Suga. And I think Dan in the volleyball game waved me over like, oh, come play. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I can't. Like, it's okay. Like, d- don't worry about me. I was like absolutely useless in that fucking photo shoot situation. I was like <laughs> with my, I was like with my high school friends and they were all like, just, just go, like talk to them. And I would like go and be like, can I take a photo? Then we take a photo and be like, you're really cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go now and I like left and then suddenly there were like these people and I was like I know these people yeah Um, I don't know if they remember me but I sure do know them right um and then I had guests and then obviously like the cafe happened we managed to like bring it all together and I like made all these friends I was just like ecstatic I was like wait like all of you are my friends now (laughs) um but I think it was I think what made me want to start cost cafe with co was just the fact that i wanted like a community space where other people could meet as well yeah um and i really like i just really like event organization um as you also probably know as a fellow okay. as a fellow get things done bitch um mm-hmm. and i think i had a lot of ideas that i wanted to just sort of like throw out there and but i also like didn't really have the resources to do it or like that many cosplay friends who wanted to like support my endeavors i didn't really know that many people in the scene as well right um so i think this was like a perfect marrying of like wanting to create a a community outside of a con where you could do some fun stuff um and i was also inspired by like japanese cosplay cafes like the animate ones that they have yeah um and so to create a space like that in in the states um have people meet like talk about anime and make friends um and then yeah like have everybody be able to express their passions too like artists can make art cosplayers can like act the character and cosplay and serve the guests people who just want to sit there for the ride can be a guest and people who want to like bake and like make things like anyone who wanted to make things could like participate in some way um and i think that was really cool and co obviously helped a lot in trying to (laughs) and trying to get that vision out too (laughs) yeah i mean like it's really cute to definitely hear how like your beginning phases of like just entering the costume being like i want to have so many cost friends and like you know we all we all went through that league of legends phase i even went through it and i was like this is garbage yeah terrible fucking phase no terrible pure garbage i'm wasting my life and then so it's very interesting to hear how in your earlier you're like i want to manifest having so many friends and then (laughs) Of all things, Homestuck. Homestuck is always the har- harbinger of something, whether it's a right. good or bad. It's and the then... start of something. Mm-hmm. And so it really, the moment, because I, you were right, you called me out on that. I don't think I ever mentioned that I was the staff at, uh-huh. at Homestuck Prom. I, you have a picture. I <laughs> saw that. There, there's a picture. And I think I remember seeing it and I'd be like, that's Joe. <laughs> that sure is me. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Very easy to notice. God. Yeah. So. Even Homestuck Prom, which was just a huge undertaking because there were two iterances of that. And it was, like you said, for me, it, I was even flabbergasted because I was like, this is really successful. I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you, th- you don't think that a bunch of kids in the con community can do something so successful as host an exactly. event. Exactly. Especially uh-huh. in New York City of all places. Exactly. This is not your little small mm-hmm. hometown or like some right. little other mm-hmm. urban city. This is New right. York City. And so event spaces are expensive and all that fun stuff. And so seeing Mm -hmm. how all of that was coordinated and definitely inspiring you to have like the first cafe, it was like a wonderful series of events that Mm -hmm. was all coincidence. You know, the fact that you even got to taste the first hour of the um, prom stuck and see like this can happen. And then 
Co, who's already um, in San Francisco. I don't even know if San Francisco. Let's say West Coast because I don't even know where they went. So okay. they were on <laughs> the West Coast and they had their Haikyuu Cafe. And then they were pure chance moving back to make this yeah. a reality. Co moving back. Oh, my gosh. Which <laughs> that was so lucky. Pure chance. God, God works in mysterious ways. And mm-hmm. so you get to host these cafes. And then a fun, beautiful byproduct of that is that you manifested having all of these friends, all these cosplay friends that you wanted. And like from then <laughs> on now, just snowballed because it's like you start one cafe. And the fun part about right. Cost Cafe NYC was that it wasn't just started. It wasn't just purely high Q cafes that you had. So it right. it was mm-hmm. a high Q cafe. It was a Sailor Moon cafe. It was sports prom. Mm-hmm. It was the Pokestop cafe. Yuri on ice, you know. Bokino oh my God, Kira you're really one. naming all of them. <laughs> I sure <laughs> yeah. did. I sure did. And so it's, it's all these different fandoms. And so you get to meet at least a new face with each iterance, with each different fandom that you explore. And so right, exactly. you just exponentially got friends. And obviously people are going to love the co-founders of people who helped bring a community outside of a con space into a lovely cafe situation that they can visit on a weekend. Yeah, I think what I really enjoyed too as a byproduct that um, I guess I guess I did expect it because we really wanted to like also bring a place yeah like i said before bring a place that you can meet outside of an anime convention in a maybe more slightly more casual space yeah um and then like talk with new people so like when we sometimes paired groups together at tables and obviously like the cosplay staff the artist staff um the photographer slash videographer which was usually casey um and the baking staff just sort of like talking to each other making friends like i think i'm always amazed by some of the people that have met each other through a cafe and continue to be friends um that always like floors me i'm just like wow like i i'm like so happy that you guys managed to meet in this kind of situation you were able to have like a really really good conversation that made you want to like continue like talking to each other and like exchanging social media and like hanging out on a normal basis like yeah. that's just a it's just really nice that we created that kind of space um like just for a day that like just extended past just just a day really yeah and it was it was super cute because in all aspects it was like community like you mentioned it wasn't just strictly cosplayers and the guests because it could have just been that it could have been very simple where it's like we work with the venue they provide the food and all that fun stuff but you gave an opportunity to be like well we know some people love to bake And so we Mm want to extend that opportunity and like you guys can create little cute themed sets and like we can pass them out at the entire cafe throughout the entire duration. And then bringing in fan artists, especially to be like, can you create merch for this cafe? Like we think it'd be Mm -hmm. a really cute addition. Like our guests Mm -hmm. love going to artist alleys. Like why not include this? And like Mm -hmm. I have met like previously, like, you know, me being in a cosplay space, I would have mostly just talked to the cosplayer and people who enjoy cosplay. And so Mm -hmm. I remember like seeing the other bakers, seeing the other fan artists and like being able to share that space. Cause for some cafes I was more or less staff. And so like when there's downtime in between setting (laughs) up between rotations, you're like, girl, that was crazy. Wasn't it? It's like, "Uh uh-huh. They couldn't (laughs) stop loving my merch. Like you just want to have that one moment of break that you can get out of character and then, right. like, in other cafes, I worked as staff, like, helping to just regulate the flow of traffic. Like, I did that at the mm-hmm. Sailor Moon Cafe. And I remember I was talking to some of the artists and just making sure that they were taken care of because they would sit on the mm-hmm. sides like, girl, how's your sales? Yeah. Do you need me to push people towards you? Because I can do that. Uh-huh. I can make you a little bit more change in that pocket. Uh-huh. And so that's how hilariously, like, through 
for example, a great example is Sailor Moon Cafe. I became really mm-hmm. good friends with Courtney, um, who was a mm-hmm. fan artist over there. And she yeah. was like the artist for the Honey Lemon, which was on Webtoons. And mm-hmm. so like we became really good friends. Like we talk every now and then. Still love that girl to death. But like I would not yeah. have met her had it not been for these cafes. Yeah. And that's that's really great. Uh, I think there's some small things that I don't realize that happen at cafes too. So when I hear things from other people's perspective, yeah. like yours, I'm just like, oh, that's so great. I like get really happy. <laughs> yeah, because it was like a largely collaborative effort. And I think what's yeah. lovely about the con community is that the con community, you know, we genuinely want to see what we do succeed. So there's a huge uplifting factor. And so a lot of yeah, us are always exactly. like conscious about our actions mm-hmm. in a space. And so we're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, we want Cost Cafe to be a place that can always succeed. So how can yeah. we uplift and elevate this experience to the next level mm-hmm. so we can see future iterations? Yeah. And so that's what, like, for example, every time I was staff, I tried everything in my power. And I know everybody on staff did so. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, what can we do to push things along? Does this table need help? I know I'm not right. in a rotation for this table, but I will go to them because somebody wants me there. And, like, yeah. things like that. I think I think what really what was really cool that brought everyone together, too, is the fact that every single person in Cost Cafe, nobody made any money out of, off of it. Right. Um, except for, like, I guess sometimes we had, like, an artist table, so we yeah. allowed the artists to sell their art, which obviously I think is a good thing to do. Um, but everybody was a volunteer. Like anything that went into right. the cafe, cafe were people's own time, people's own money. Um, it was like it was a hobby. We were all just here because we wanted to like have a good time, bring a fun experience for people and have them like make a really good memory for them to go forward with. Mm-hmm. So just the thought that basically a bunch of weebs like came together and everyone was always so supportive and kind to each other as well. Um, like really empathetic too. Um, like just the fact that we got like uh, like the uh, the amount of additions that we did too that a lot of people wanted to like be a part of this experience was like really really humbling and we never we never really had anybody that for example if they got rejected nobody nobody was like like fuck you like right god damn it they were all like very supportive and they were like oh like we really hope this like succeeds because i think i think i guess we all really wanted like a space that people could like commune in and stuff like that and it was it was just everyone was really nice yeah <laughs> i'm making a face right now no one can see I it. Know. <laughs> and i think my, my favorite thing about like these cafes was like these weren't like absurd prices to attend a cafe like this was absolutely reasonable and that's what made it affordable and accessible to the community because for example mm-hmm. one of the cafes was literally $21 and the $20 yeah. went mm-hmm. purely into the operating costs of the entire cafe and the $1 yeah. that's ta- taxed on baby that's the PayPal fee like that mm-hmm. was it you were very transparent about like where things were going and it's like we can yeah. make this the best experience you know we just got to put a little coin in it but everybody else like you mentioned pure volunteers it's a full yeah. nonprofit. nobody does anything like even the promotional activities leading up to it like we are like attending photo shoots to make sure that we have like the best marketing available so that you guys are excited for the cafes and then right. everybody's mm-hmm. like working on the side to make sure we can promote it as much as possible it was mm-hmm. a lovely lovely collaborative effort it was just so yeah. Now I'm just bathing in like fun memories. Yeah. Um it was just so collaborative. It was just like people it was just people coming together and yeah. just like trying all all working towards like one particular thing and like making it really good 
and becoming friends out of like all the things that happened through it um and yeah we really did try to make it as accessible as we could i think we tried to basically make it as cheap as we could um and the fact that people so many people donated their like time and effort to it was really like moving i like cry about you guys all the time so yeah i'm sure you know that already (laughs) i do love you Ah, my love for you will never end whatsoever and you know that i know i love you too i love you but you know tap what must end is this this podcast podcast. oh you be knowing girl you know the transition All good things must come to an end. Oh, sadly, and they must. But what a what a lovely time that we did have going about Japan, reminiscing about Cost Cafe. Maybe Cole will be the next guest, and we'll talk about Maybe. it some more. So. Yeah. Know. But all tap. Is there anything that you'd like to promote? Yeah. Uh. Maybe not. Uh. Ah! I, I like don't. I don't like post ever uh my twitter yes. is soon tuna t-s-u-n tuna um i i'm most active on there even though the content that i post is not very quality um yeah, i do have an instagram um which is jaren cos mm-hmm. um i have a facebook page but i i i like don't update that at all so Girl, don't even don't even bother. my name facebook. isn't even changed at that yeah and i still hope um, if Ko is still in the area too when I come back um, I still hope that we can host cafes and other events actually mm-hmm. um, in fact like while I'm in Japan even though I'm on the other side of the country I like reg- I like message Ko once a month and I'm like I have this like great idea like what if we did like this one thing and then like did all these other things like if we created like a market and Ko Ko being the person the wonderful person that she is always entertains my idea and then she gives it like a realistic spin she's like I don't think we can do this, but in much nicer words with like actual logic. Um, but if you would like to see more updates at some point in time when I come back, don't give up on us. We are Cost Cafe NYC on all on all social media. Yeah, that's all I pretty much got. I think. Yeah. I mean, listen, I was y'all announced the hiatus, and listen, once this pandemic ends, maybe we'll see a lot. Just bring the community back together because we gotta ease into this somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think uh, there are other cost cafes that we're trying to start before the pandemic came. I think mm-hmm. B was trying to make one from the BNHA cafe. Yes. I don't. I don't remember the name, or I think it was a. I think it was a. You know what? I'll let. I'll let you guys find that out because I, I don't remember the details and I don't want to spread spread misinformation. And girl, I don't remember anything. I constantly say on this podcast, don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> don't quote me on anything I've said in the past hour. Honestly, I'll forget it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but oh, guys, remember, you can ask any questions for myself or my guests to answer on the podcast at CuriousCat.me slash Playing Dress Up. If you love this podcast, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can even directly support this podcast on anchor.fm slash playing dress up via a small monthly donation. I bet y'all didn't even know that until now. Nope. Because some of y'all don't go on anchor because I barely go on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can give it the nice five stars on Apple Podcasts. And even if you don't like it, baby, give it the nice five stars and leave a nasty little comment and I'll read it on air. <laughs> I tell you every time we love constructive criticism. I'll take it to heart. I'll make the podcast better. We just got to get through this one episode at a time. Anyways, guys, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>